It is the Matt Mosley Show. Scott Drew making his weekly appearance on the program. And, uh, Scott, it was uh, – we'll get into the game and react. And, obviously, uh, I, you know, three home games, the next four games, I think this is going to be an extremely important stretch of the season. And uh, everything, obviously, is still out there in front of you. I, I, I thought about this this morning. I'm sure you saw what Embiid did, and I know you're like me. You, uh, and in fact, I was at the Celtics-Mavs game last night, and they put on an exhibition. I mean, you know, Jalen Brown and, and uh, Tatum are just unreal, quite honestly, when they got going, and, and the Mavs were no match for them. But Embiid scoring 70 in an NBA game, it got me thinking, like, the, like the greatest – uh, single performances like I've ever witnessed. Um, first of all, I, I, I wanted you to kind of think of like the greatest thing you've ever seen in that regard, either one of your players, uh, an opposing player. But was Embiid, I'm trying to remember, I know he was good at Kansas, but it was like, did, did he show signs like of anything like this or was he just still – pretty raw I was trying to kind of think back about him because he was only there for the one season but obviously you played against him no he he, he uh definitely wasn't uh this polished <laughs> back then <laughs> uh, um but but he did show signs and you knew you knew he was going to be a great pro and you knew he had tons of potential um but like so many freshmen uh it is a different level and playing against 22-year-olds, 23-year-olds, it's not easy. So he was good, but he was not uh, uh, the NBA MVP that he is today, for sure. Yeah. And have you, whether it be an NBA game or a game you were coaching in, what's the what's the game that comes to mind for us? For Baylor fans that go way back, Vinny – Johnson scored 50 in a game against TCU. Hey, one of your players should do that Saturday. Um, that, <laughs> that's, that, the, yeah. that's the one that, that comes to mind for, uh, for Coach Howler uh, nah, via probably 19, circa 1979. What's the, what's the craziest like single-game performance you've ever witnessed from a scoring perspective? Well, a, a couple, um, Brady Heswick, when he made the, uh, I think the seven threes in the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah. you mentioned TCU, um, Akai Mason, when I think he had 40 against TCU, uh, um, against us. I remember when, uh, Kansas State had, uh, uh, Beasley and I don't know if it was King was the other guy. They had, they had two guys that scored 70 points or 72 of their team, 78 or something. It was a crazy number. Um, uh, and then uh, coaches normally remember losses more than wins. And you remember uh, people that uh, led to those losses. I remember KD going off in the second half of our uh, Big 12 tournament. Um, that was a KD performance. And then Blake Griffin uh, at home uh, um, had a really big performance against us. We've had, we've had some great players in the Big 12 throughout the years, as you know, uh, and a lot of good performances. Um, with, 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 with our team, um, we've been, we've been blessed to have, uh, I mean, Nepe Udo when he had his triple double, I think Jonathan Motley had, uh, against Texas once like uh, 30 and 20. Um, uh, we've had, we've had some big, big performances from, from guys here. Yeah. 
I mean, we all remember that game in New Orleans where um, Epe was kind of, you know, Sam Houston was was giving us yeah. a, a bit of a scare. And Epe had it going, and I think our big man played a uh, made a couple plays down the stretch. You know, you're seven footer, and we weren't. You you usually didn't lean on him much for offense, but I feel like he kind of had to. Had to come to life a little bit, but uh, that K State player we were thinking about was, uh, or you were thinking about, was Bill Walker, I think. Bill Michael Walker, Beasley, that's it. yeah, great yeah. athlete. Yep, yep. Goodness gracious, right. those two were scary, yeah. and uh, yeah, they used to. Uh, between some of those players from Iowa State that, that maybe even predated you, uh, and and those K those K State players are those. Yeah, those, that was pretty scary. All right, uh, Scott, I, I mean. You're such you're the eternal optimist, so I, I know you'll have a a fresh perspective and fresh look at this. I mean, like the I know there's got to be part of you though. It's like, hey, we could be five and zero. Oh. Now, you know, there were a couple of those wins that were close. Uh, obviously, the the overtime game in Stillwater and then the Cincinnati game. Well, all of them were pretty tough. So I guess you can look at it that way too. Now that you've had a little bit of perspective, still kind of mad is it are this still because i you know i i would imagine when you come off a couple of these heartbreaker type deals you don't really want a whole week off do you is that is that a, a bit of a bummer or is that you know have you tried to kind of find you know has are you trying to see the positive in in having a, a full week to to kind of get going from those well it, it, the reality is you never want a full week off coming off a uh, uh, two tough losses yeah. The only thing worse than two tough losses is having two tough losses and being sick. So anyway, I'm trying to get healthy. <laughs> number one, number number two. Um, I, obviously, uh, uh, when you put so much into a game, uh, I mean it does it does take 24 hours to um, to to move on and, and get ready for the uh, uh, the rest of the week or the next game. And um, with with us. This is a, a great opportunity for us to, to work on some game-ending situations and stuff like that. You look at the Ken Palm analytics, and I think 12 of our next 13 games are supposed to be two points and less. And you look at all the Big 12 games, uh, um, how many have been one-possession games or two-possession games. Um, it's amazing. Uh, but that's that's what happens when you have a league where you have so many teams, eight ranked and 10 in the top 50 or whatever it is, and, and I don't think um, uh, I might be off on this now, but uh, after the Texas game, I still don't think there've been a, a big 12 team that has won two road games. So uh, uh, the big 12 uh, is, is when I first got to the league, Roy Williams said, got to win all your home games because it's the toughest league to win on the road. And um, it's gotten a lot tougher to win on the road because the arenas that weren't as uh, intimidating or weren't as didn't provide the home court advantage have all been changed to, to get that. So uh, it, it, you can't, you can't go to a place and say it's an easy place to play anymore. And that, that again, I always tell you mostly, but that home crowd makes such a difference and uh, uh, it makes a difference to your team, the visiting team, uh, the officials, I mean, all of it works hand in hand for one possession games. Yeah, and you know, obviously the Foster Pavilion is already becoming a really good home court advantage, and 
you know, as it, it, it'll evolve and hopefully it'll get even better, but it's already loud. And, and I think that's a great sign. Um, uh, you know, so that'll be, uh, that'll be cool. By the way, I, uh, my recipe for these colds, I get the, uh, I get the shot in the hip. I, I start with the steroids. <laughs> I don't take uh-huh. them. I don't take them by mouth. I get the actual shot of steroids, okay. and then I chase it with either a Z-pack <laughs> or the methyl prednisone, whatever that all that stuff yeah. is. So yeah, that's uh, that usually will jumpstart it, and and so and then and then throat coat. Throat coat is the uh, if you got an HEB around there, throat coat is the answer. All right, it's a herbal tea. So anyway, the Mosley. Just Dr. Mosley trying to, trying to be there That's for you. That's really good. Yeah. I thought yeah. you told me it was just four hottie toddies and you'll be fine. That's my neighbor. That's I've got a Baylor lawyer neighbor. And he, <laughs> he absolutely believes in that. You just, you just drink it away. But, uh, you know, I'm too Baptist to do something like that. Um, Scott Drew on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN Central Texas. Okay. Um, let, Scott, let's look at the other day. I... And I again, I, I I even, you know, I admire how you kind of say, "Hey, I probably should have done this or should have done that." I, I don't think. I mean, there's second guesses here and there for things. I mean, I, I think you know, you, you you hit a huge shot with five seconds left. I don't think, you know, I I think looking back, yeah, you would have liked to have set up your defense or whatever. What you didn't know is that guy was going to get the ball free. And 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 they did execute it well. They they got it to Desue, got it back to Tyrese, and then Langston's in a bad way. Langston's one on one with a guy screaming downhill, and you're just like, and it's like a bad movie. I'm sure it was like that for you. It's like, oh my gosh, what is it about? So, having gone over this with your players now, uh, and having gone over in your mind a million times, I my thought is, should those guys that had they had two players run to the corner. They're shooters, right? Should one of your guys, whether it be Jacoby or, or Bridges, have immediately left their guy to stop ball, to help Langston stop the ball? What 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 kind of needed to, to happen in that moment? Well, it, 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 there's certain – first and foremost, there's never one play that wins yeah, or yeah. loses a game. Yeah. And, and I think that's really important because – um, sometimes uh, a player might miss a last second shot, might turn it over and think that that cost it. And it never does. If you have all the right plays up to that, you're up more than one possession game and it doesn't matter. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an airfield game and whoever makes the least amount of errors wins. Um, hindsight, uh, uh, you call timeout and, and you try to get guys set up. Why we didn't call timeout is because, Sometimes you call timeout and allows the other team to come up mm-hmm. with the play. Um, mm-hmm. What what you would want to do is you'd want to play five on four, and and meaning you'd want to make sure that you're you're behind the ball with two people so that you can you can corral it as they come down. We weren't able to do that if you uh, um, against uh, Cincinnati and against uh, uh, Oklahoma State, not the exact same scenarios because more time was on the clock. So they didn't come down as hard, but we were successful in, in more corralling it and having it five on four. So um, there's, there's a bunch of things we could have done different on that last, on that last play. Um, but the essence of it 
is you you want to play five on four, and we weren't able we weren't able to do that. And um, I think uh, uh, if you look at all the different scenarios you can have in a game, it's 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 endless. Uh, and what makes this year and and probably you look across the nation why um, I. I uh, I know. I know. There's a lot of shows that all uh, uh, talk about uh, uh, gambling and whatnot. All I know is it looks like every time a team's ranked, they lose. So to me, why there's more parity than ever is because again, you don't have the chemistry. If you have a team full of guys that have been in that situation or been on a team for three years that have gone through every or multiple situations, then they know exactly because you've covered them over three years. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, like, you take someone that said Spanish one, two, and three, there's a better chance if there's a Spanish word, they know it, than someone who's just in Spanish yeah. one. And every coach, every team, every had different philosophies, different ways to guard or defend or do things, and you can't cover them all. And and that's why uh, when when people didn't transfer and leave and all that, you had people that, that were two or three or four years in the program so you just had a lot more stability on game-ending situations and whatnot. And I think I think that's uh, what I love about coaching. You're always adjusting. You're always changing. Um, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I never coach a perfect game. There is no coach that coaches a perfect game. And I'm going to tell you another thing. There is no good coach without great assistants and great players. I learned that really, really early on when Phil Jackson had Michael go play baseball. They didn't win a championship. And it wasn't like he got dumb. All right. So at the at the end of the day, uh, what you love about coaching, it's a different challenge every day of the week. And for us, it's um, one returning Big Twelve starter and trying to simulate or put our guys in a better position to be more successful. And I, I look at the Michigan State game, and then we lose Duke, but we're a much better team against Duke than we were Michigan State. That helped us for the next five games that we won. We lost at K-State. I thought we cleaned up a lot of things, um, free throw shooting, offensive execution. Um, unfortunately, what happens is <clears throat> at K-State, you get 23 offensive rebounds, and then at Texas, you get eight. So, like, <laughs> it's kind of like in football. One week, you got a great run game, and the next week, the run's not there. And you're like, well, at some point, we got to have – consistency and Mm -hmm. that's what that's what makes coaching uh uh, so challenging is to get consistent with us the great thing is we have not had a great defensive effort and a great offensive effort on the same night um we've had a great offense night we've had great defense nights we have not had both yet so the goal is to continue each and every day to put ourselves in position to be our best at the end of the year i think the chiefs have done a great job of that this year as they do so often but um that that's when it matters most. And we have a week to get better. We had a great practice yesterday. I should be sick more often because uh, I thought our players and staff were awesome and uh, we got better. Um, I, it, it's, it's, uh, 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 I, it was a retired coach. I was talking to this summer and I said, what do you miss most? And, it, and every coach will always tell you the exact same thing. It's always practice. And why practice is you help people get better and you get that interaction and you get, you get their attention where everybody's on the same page. And um, I can tell you that this, we have a really good group of guys. Like 
It is fun to go to practice every day. They show up. They're committed to learn. Um, they compete really hard. They love one another. So we will continue to get better as long as that happens. Does that guarantee in these one possession games we're going to win? No. You flip your coin up right now, mostly 13 times. It ain't heads mm-hmm. 13 times and it ain't tails 13 times. So we're five yeah. and three in close games. If we're doing our job and getting better, hopefully we won't have 13 close games. Hopefully we can have good offense, good defense, and get some wins where you have some separation. Um, to date, we haven't been able to do that, so we're going to keep working toward that. Well, and, and you know, <clears throat> since you and I both try to, you're way better at not being pessimistic than I am, but from a positive standpoint, you know, you gotta you got to make them remember that Bridges stepped up and hit a huge clutch shot. Like, you, you don't want to seep into a team's mind, oh, we're not good at clutch times or something like that. Or I, mm-hmm. somebody said the other day something about the clutch gene. You've heard people say that. Well, listen, with, with everything on the line, Bridges rises up and makes an enormous three to tie that mm-hmm. thing and, and put you in position, you know. And, and so I – and the other thing I was kind of thinking about, Scott, is like, I mean, it, while you hate losing those two games, they're both road games. You both you go into them knowing there's a decent chance you could lose. Now, the way it happens, of course, then you look at it differently, right? But mm-hmm. three and two is a whole dang lot better than one and three or whatever that thing was last year. You know, when you got into yeah, a little uh, bit of a deal. Three, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you had to you had to dig your way out and. Um, and and Texas was almost in that in that deal. They were about to, you know, y'all about were about to put them to to one and four. And again, so, and, yeah. and again, you have to give Texas some credit. I mean, they're nine for eleven from three. I mean, yes. shoot, we could have had our defense not show up, which it might not have some of the first half, and they want to go nine for eleven. It's hard to go nine for eleven. So they, you got to give them credit for for making shots and making plays first half as well. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I. It's just it is amazing. By the way, and uh, you know that, that last eight, I, I didn't know, and I thought you handled that question well. I didn't. It, it's it's weird to look <laughs> at that last eight minutes, and they keep putting it up on the screen, and you're like, golly, they haven't scored, they haven't hit a field goal. Now you again, these games kind of turn into rock fights late, so it's not. It doesn't even look like what the first half looked like, which was just shot making on both teams up and down, unbelievable action. And then you go eight minutes without a field goal. Now, again, how many of those, you were like 12 for 14 from the free throw line in the second half. So I don't think that's quite fair to go, okay, y'all just had some huge drought. But it it is, I think the thing that bothered you was just some of those put-back opportunities or some close ones and everything. It just, you just left a few out there during that, time right it wasn't I don't know if it was a true drought but it it was just it was too long it, it it's it's while you were playing a lot better defense in the second half it, it is that's a long period of time not to hit like a natural non-free throw bucket isn't it 100 <laughs> um, percent but what 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 you you look at as a coach is the shots and were they mm-hmm. good shots and some of them were some of them we could have gotten better. So the ones that we could have gotten better, we have to do that next time. For the ones that were good shots, then we just have to try harder on the offensive glass to make sure. Because the one thing is you can be an elite college shooter. You're going to make 40% of your threes. That means if you have good looks, you're missing six out of 10. 
So you better get some offensive rebounds. And and like we always say, just control what you can control. So um, if we're if we're controlling the shot selection, we're controlling where we're at in offensive rebounding. What we can't control is if it takes a bad bounce. And I mean, K State, we got a couple bad bounces. Like if you shoot this shot a hundred times, it's going to this area to one or two times and 80 times it's going somewhere else. If we're in the 80% area, we're doing our job. We're not doing our job if we're in the one or 2%. And, and again, you just, sometimes you can control, uh, uh, or you can control where you go. You can't control where the ball comes off. And then, and then finishing through contact, they made some man ones. We, we didn't make some buckets and didn't get the foul. So you gotta, yeah. you gotta be able to, you gotta be able to finish. And, um, but, it's not, it's not, you don't, you don't look at the, the last eight minutes or 10 minutes. I mean, even when we got up a, a six and you're like, okay, why didn't we extend? Okay. We miss a layup. We miss a wide open three. We miss, you're like, you didn't do a lot wrong on that. I mean, we would take mm-hmm. those shots, you know, and now you just got to make sure. And then with us, we're going to practice whatever we do in a game. So if we're not practicing it, then it's on our staff and, yeah. Um, so we try to learn from each game and try to try to rep things that our guys are going to be in and do and go against so that they're able to be successful in the games. Yeah. Well, and I, I tell you, you, I, I, I let you, you know, I, you, uh, Jared was on with me the other day. Uh, it really is cool. Your staff, and I know they take these things as hard as anybody, but, um, it just is a really cool staff and, and they really share a lot. And, uh, and are very knowledgeable, but it's just, uh, I don't know. I mean, of course, Grant and, Jer- and Jerome are both great friends of mine, but I don't know if I've had a staff of yours that I like better than the way it's designed right now. Just don't let those guys hear me, you know, that I no, said man. that. Yeah. But, um, the uh, Ray J, one last thing for you. I, you know, he's he had the awful shooting night, and then he comes back and he only scores two, but he has eight assists. So, you know, really good floor game. Um, are you, are you kind of like, is Ray J such, I mean, I, to me, he's been a bit of an enigma this year because he's obviously can be a tremendous point guard. He's obviously at times had trouble taking care of the ball. And then of course he's susceptible to having the rough shooting night. Do you, what do you, what do you emphasize with Ray J? Cause you don't want to, there's so many instinctive, really good things that he does. But you got to kind of, you know, obviously you got to coach him up and stay on him. Um, what are you, what are you kind of thinking of what you're seeing, and what does he need to do better? I think, I think uh, um, first and foremost, early in the year he struggled a little bit with uh, playing uh, um, uh, Power Five competition and turning the ball over, and he's done a tremendous job in getting better with that. And so, first and foremost, your point guard's your quarterback. He can't throw interceptions and. Um, you look at his assist to turnover numbers uh, in conference, he's really doing a great job. Then you look at uh, uh, defenses. Every defense is going to take away something and give you something. And with him, I think some defenses have adjusted to make it difficult for him to score. But what it's allowed is it's allowed him to be more a facilitator. And so you credit him for in games where they, it, 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 I hate using the football analogy, but if they give you the run, you take the run. 
if they put eight in the box, then you're gonna throw the pass. So like if they're gonna if they're gonna if they're gonna put multiple people on them in ball screens, well he's done his job. He's got two people on him. Now he's got to deliver the ball. And once he does that, we're playing four on three and we're in great shape. Um, if they don't, then he'll he'll be more of a scorer. So I think uh um the off shooting night, he he missed shots. There were a couple that weren't great shots. Um, but most of them were good shots because he's a good player and he takes the right shots. Um, he's human, so he's going to make a couple mistakes. Um, but uh, I thought the last game uh, he really did a great job in, in making the right read and the right play. And as a staff, we'll make sure that we you get done with the game and you're like, we got to get him more shots than two. So we'll make adjustments and tweaks no matter what the defense does. And and a lot of times um, uh, if, if you have a player for three, four years, you know what they're capable of and you already have that uh, chemistry and you have it like in your first year, it's, 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 it's a little tougher. And what I mean by that is think about the games we played early on. You're just trying to figure it out. Then you're playing guarantee games. And if you're winning by 40 or 50, really that's a different feel than the big 12 games where you're so scouted and it's one or two possessions. So it's like, Really, you're going through three different seasons. One, in the beginning, what do you have? All right. Two, then you get some big wins, and I think we have this. Three, you get into these nail biters. Okay, how do we do better in these close games? Because that's what we're going to have the rest of the year. And um, you, you mentioned our staff. I, I, I mean, I love our staff. Our staff works really hard. and um, They're great uh, role models for our players, and uh, it's a blessing in Baylor to prepare champions for life. It's spiritual, it's academic, uh, it's character formation and athletic. And um, uh, during adversity, that's, that's sometimes your biggest times to grow. And I know with, I know with our staff, we'll keep working. And nobody, nobody uh, uh, um, you love fans that love games and you love fans that are upset when we lose. But I can promise you there is no fan that puts more into it than our staff does. So no one will ever feel worse than we do. And part of it's because we know all Baylor. Uh, we want we want you guys to be happy too. So um, we want to we want to give you a lot to cheer for and, and, and please you. So when we when we lose, I'm I'm just telling you, it ain't easy because it's not just us. It's in, in the team. We want we want to make Baylor Nation proud and the Baylor family proud. So uh, we give it all we got. Doesn't make us perfect, but um, it is what it is. Yeah, well, it's been great for a lot of years, but uh, this particular group, and co- even seeing uh, Coach Coach Peterson, you know, before some of the games and everything, what a what a what a great guy! And I see you kind of talking to him late in games. What a incredible resource he is for you, and and he's become a, a great friend to a lot of us. All right, Scott, listen, I'm going to let you take care of that thing. You. You get better by Saturday. That's a huge game. TCU comes in, another ranked team. And um, I, I guess the, the thought with TCU is, is this – am I still seeing a similar deal where they try to race up and down the court the entire game? Is that is that what's showing up on tape as you start to prepare for them? Have they kind of continued that? Yeah, I, I mean, TCU uh, uh, last year was, was, was terrific in transition this year. Um, same thing, and uh, uh, I mean they're a top twenty-five team uh, for part of the season for a reason. And uh, we have so many teams that that could be Sweet Sixteen, Elite Eight, Final Four type teams. And TCU 
is one of them. Coach Dixon's one of the best coaches in the nation. So uh, I know it's going to be a, a great game. Uh, we're looking forward to being back in front of the Baylor family, and hopefully we give you a lot to cheer for. Um, and uh, we'll be ready. Uh, I'm going to try the, the Mosley Get Well diet so I can mm-hmm. get I can get back. <laughs> yeah, the Z pack has never failed me, but start with that shot. Yeah, that is important. And by the way, you I love all these football analogies. I feel like it's you saying, you know, Mosley, you've covered the NFL forever, so this this will help you understand these concepts I'm sharing with you. But uh, I keep now, it in your uh, wheelhouse, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, KC Baltimore and Lions 49ers in the AFC title uh, and NFC title games. What's your what, what are your picks for those games? I'll give you my picks. After we win a game, I'll tell you who's going to win because we focused on TCU. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Saturday night. Saturday night, I'll reach out to you and get the pick. Hey, I appreciate it. Feel better and uh, appreciate you doing this. Well, thank you. You have a blessed day. Thank you. All right. There he goes. Scott Drew, the Baylor men's basketball coach, joining the Matt Mosley Show.